0: Counter is finally back. I'm your host John Johnson. It's been a couple weeks since we've been able to drop a pod and I apologize that we've been gone for a while to all those who've enjoyed us. Uh, but we're finally back. It's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks for myself uh, covering the NCAA tournament. I was out of town for a while and obviously there's a lot of other sports things going on up here in central New York. But the weather has finally turned nice. Uh, we had sunshine and blue skies. I'm actually having myself coffee right now as you Get ready for the NFL draft, which is less than a week away, and plenty to talk about for our Washington Redskins. And it's all draft coverage today. A lot of things we want to talk about, players that they potentially take uh, in the first round on Thursday of next week, and guys we might want to keep an eye on later in the draft. I also want to give some opinions and some thoughts on some players that are potentially rumored for Washington, uh, guys that I think, or positions that I think they should pass on and more focus in, especially in the first two rounds and then we can discuss potential guys later in the draft that they might be able to snatch up. But first, this week we only have one for our three and out, so we're not even going to queue it up. But We're going to first bring in a conversation talk about Washington signing uh, defensive line and Matt Ioannidis to a three-year extension, and for all the talk about the Redskins not being able to develop players, not being able to keep their homegrown players that they do develop and turn them into studs, They got themselves a stud in Matt Ioannidis, a guy they drafted out of Temple uh, several years ago uh, in the fifth round. Uh, He's developed and turned into an excellent player in their 3-4 defense. He had 7.5 sacks last season. Ioannidis does a terrific job against the run, but the thing is about him, He's not just a run-stuffer. He done, he, he's developed himself into a nice little pass rusher. He's got some really terrific moves. He plays really well with his hands. Uh, if you watch some tape with him, and we've gone back and watched a little bit of tape uh, last season especially, he showed how he was able to use his hands to get off the block and get off the defenders and get himself into the backfield uh, for his 7.5 sacks. He's really done a nice job. And The thing about Washington that you've got to like moving forward, is not only the youth along the defensive line, but the overall talent that's actually there. Ionitis being one of the stalwarts there, he's actually been there, uh, going to be there the longest as one of the bookends. And then you have Jonathan Allen, who we all think is going to be terrific out of Alabama uh, that they were able to grab a couple seasons ago. Uh, he's ha- last year went healthy, he was terrific. I think he can only, he will only develop as a pass rusher as he continues. Uh, And then obviously, Deron Payne, who's now switched to number 94. Uh, Deron Payne, again, out of Alabama as the Redskins continue their their Crimson Tide move. A guy that uh, is terrific against the run. But again, he reminds, he's got some skill sets that Ioannidis has where he can get after the passer. He's got excellent feet. Um, he's terrific with his hands as well. Uh, a guy that can play um, all three downs for Washington. Not a guy that you have to sub out. He's not your typical uh, back back in the day type of nose tackle. Those guys uh, uh, in the main, the you know 380 pounds clogging the This uh, Duran Payne's a much different kind of player, uh, but. Back to Ionitis, a terrific signing for Washington, and you know what? Credit needs to be given uh, to Jim Tom Sula, who's done a terrific job with him. Uh, there was a, they identified him late in the draft, or one of the you know late to mid-round picks. Um, a guy that had success at Temple and a guy they thought they could develop and he has done just that. Uh, so credit needs to be given to Jim Tom Sula who did a really nice job um, along with the rest of the coaching staff in developing Matt Ioannidis into not only a, a good football player but a very, very solid football player. A guy that's got a future here for a long time in Washington and he's done quite well for himself. So the Redskins ink Ionitis to a three-year extension uh, just over $21 million. Uh, again, an excellent move especially considering uh, Washington developing on the defensive line uh, and developing their defense. Obviously, they're able to bring in uh, Ruben Foster, who, look, we we understand uh, the the implications and the things that surround him. And I have to give credit to the Redskins organization. They did their own investigation and they felt comfortable enough to, to claim him off waivers. He's an excellent talent. Uh, will he be able to stay out of the trouble? Stay out of trouble and stay on the field? That remains to be the question seen. I cannot and will not condone the acts that have been surrounded around him. However, he's been exonerated the charges were dropped Um, and he's a a good football player if you look at the Redskins defense We mentioned Ionite as being excellent. The defensive line in itself is developing and nice as well. The linebacking core with Ruben Foster is pretty good. Uh, We'll see if Mason Foster can step up and play well as well. Uh, Obviously, Ryan Kerrigan, the Pro Bowler, are going to see what's going to happen on the outside linebacker position. Will that be something they addressed in the draft? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Or are they going to expect Ryan Anderson, who we talked about several weeks ago on the podcast, stepping up and sliding into that starting role If that ends up being the case, Anderson has to play better. He's a guy that will be familiar with a lot of... that Not will be, but he is familiar with a lot of players on the staff. Uh, Excuse me, a lot of players on the roster. A lot of players that are in the starting defense. Uh, Obviously, that Alabama connection. However, we'll see if he can develop. And then, obviously, the safety position, the cornerback position... Still in one of those positions where Washington still can add and and make some adjustments. Obviously, Landon Collins in the safety position locks up one side there, and then we'll see if Josh Norman can continue to play at a Pro Bowl level or get back, I should say, to that Pro Bowl level that he brought in a couple years ago. He's carrying a large contract. I know he takes a lot of heat, but he's been the the Redskins' best corner for, for, for several seasons now. Doesn't you know? You know, doesn't take away the fact that he hasn't played his best football. But there's no reason why he can't get back to it if he focuses back in. Same could be said if we, if um, the Redskins can find someone who can pair up on the opposite side and do well. Um, Quinton Dunbar, if he can get healthy, the Redskins' defense could be much improved going into next season. But all the talk this week, as we head into the NFL draft, is about the NFL draft. And Washington finds themselves in position where they need. Help in several areas, especially on the offensive side of the foot uh, of the football. We've talked about it in the past. Where the Redskins could go, what they should be looking for. I'm here to, to talk about a couple guys that I really think they should take a look at, and then obviously if we can, if Redskins really get into the Josh Rosen mix and can acquire him. It'll make making a selection in the middle of the draft something a little bit more easier in this first round. A couple weeks ago, I made it very clear I was extremely high on quarterback Drew Locke. Uh, And I think the, the NFL world is starting to come around to that where now he seems to be moving up in the draft boards, potentially sliding into the top 10, maybe not making it past... Um, you know, the Miami Dolphins, I believe it is at 13. And, and it's, it's no surprise to me. Drew Locke has been well-prepared, well-groomed well, prepared, well, well groomed for this position. Uh, he had a lot of success uh, before last season at Missouri. Got to watch him quite a bit as an SEC fan. I've uh, seen him play against Tennessee quite a bit. Uh, he's got an excellent arm. He's very accurate with football. And while he played in a spread offense, the biggest thing for him last season was the addition of Derek Dooley. Uh, Derek Dooley had some success. He's, he, he coached at Alabama. Uh, he was a, uh, to put politely, he was an absolute disaster, dumpster fire as the head coach of the University of Tennessee, one of the worst coaches to walk through the, uh, through the Vol Nation, but did an excellent job working in Dallas as the tight ends coach, um, working alongside Jason Garrett, and I really think that benefited Dooley quite a bit, getting knocked off the peg as the head coach of Tennessee, going back to the NFL, getting some work, working alongside Jason Garrett goes back to college football to work as an offensive coordinator, something he had not done. Here's the thing. The interesting thing about Derek Dooley, he had never called plays before in all his entire coaching career. It was a head-scratching move by Missouri, but they saw something in him, and you got to give credit where credit is due for Derek Dooley. He did an excellent job implementing pro-style elements, uh, teaching Drew Locke pro style fundamentals that will help him in the, at the next level, and he's coming into the came into last year only having been in a wide open spread offense. Duly gave him some elements, some things to look forward to when he was moving his career to the next level. Locke implemented that did an excellent job last series last season at Missouri, and he's put himself in position not only to be a first round pick, which I always thought he was going to be, but in the top half of the first round of the draft. If Washington is going to get Drew Locke, who I've been campaigning for several several weeks now as being the guy I would target in the first round to address the quarterback need they might have to move up in the draft to get him because it seems like a lot of teams are seeing what exactly I've been saying for a while now that Drew Locke is an NFL starting quarterback a guy that I think has potential to be a pro bowl style quarterback a guy that you can build your franchise around uh, a guy that can be a franchise type quarterback I'm not saying he's going to be the level of an Aaron Rodgers I'm not saying he's going to be on the level of a Tom Brady but he's more than just a middle-of-the-road quarterback and the the NFL goes as your quarterback goes it's a quarterback driven league and for teams that are in search of a quarterback Miami after getting rid of Ryan Tannehill in search of a quarterback the New York Giants in search of a quarterback for the heir apparent to Eli Manning Washington in search of for a quarterback after we don't know what Alex Smith's situation is going to be because Smith not only will not play next year but we don't know if he's ever going to play again and that's always been the talk case keenum is there colt mccoy is there great they're fine backup quarterbacks they're guys that could start in a pinch i've been a fan of keenum i think he can be okay for washington but he's not your long-term selection so you need to address it and that's where you bring in a guy like drew lock if he's available Wait, great! I I think he'd be a terrific. Now, it, there is the chance that Dwayne Haskins, out of Ohio State, might drop. We've seen some talks and conversations about um, lately that he seems to be sliding a little bit in the draft. I'm not going to 100% buy into that. I think he's still one of the top. 5-10 players in this draft. I can't see him falling too far. But then again, this is such a deep, deep defensive draft that maybe a team that's not nearly as hungry for a quarterback, or they find themselves in a situation where they say, I feel like we might be able to pass on him and get ourselves a quarterback in the second and third round. Maybe he slides to you at 15. Again, I'm not boating, you know, betting the farm on that, but it's a possibility as deep as this defensive draft class is, especially at the defensive end side. I think it's a possibility, but I'm not betting the farm on it. If Washington decides to go in a different direction, there are other quarterbacks that you could potentially look at in the second round. Uh, Will Greer is a guy that I've liked. I think he did a nice job at West Virginia uh, after leaving Florida. It, it'll be he's, he's, he's the guy that needs to develop. He's been in nothing but a spread, wide open offense, so he's going to need some time. Gonna have to sit. He might be a two-year project. However, that could be another another name if if Washington decides to pass on Drew Locke and decides to go in a different direction. Now, if they do go in a different direction, I would not be surprised for the Redskins to look at outside linebacker. I think that's the position where we talked about a little bit earlier. Is the guy going to be uh, Ryan Anderson, or is Washington gonna go in a different direction? And that brings me to Florida State's Brian Burns. Uh, They. ESPN has him ranked as the second best outside linebacker in the draft. I love the kid. I know Florida State had a terrible year last year. Uh, Willie Taggart had himself a tough first year. But there was one thing that, uh, that stood out. While their offense was abysmal at Florida State, their defense absolutely kept them in football games for a while. It's just that they were on the field for entirely too long. Their offense couldn't move the football up and down the field at all. They couldn't score. Brian Burns is an outside linebacker. That's a terrific talent, excellent pass rusher, but he's stout in the run as well. Uh, he's a guy that could slide right into that outside linebacking position for Washington in the 3-4 defense and play right away and be an impact player right away. I actually think he's got better pass rush skills than Ryan Kerrigan, who would be on the opposite side bookend. So that would help Washington out because as much as we love Kerrigan, and he's a good football player, an outstanding football player, he's a little and he's his career arc has been a little up and down, a little inconsistent, and he's you know he's getting a little longer in the tooth, there's no doubt about that. However, if the Redskins can get themselves an influx of talent on the opposite side of him, a guy that can generate a pass rush and push the pocket into Kerrigan, there's less pressure on him to have to be the impact player all, to, all the time weakening, in and out. And we saw that actually a couple seasons ago before Preston Smith actually stepped up into that role to become a, a standout player that he had last season. Preston Smith kind of was one of those who underwhelmed it in Washington for a little bit on the outside linebacker. Wasn't really bringing the pass rush. Seemed to have a harder time getting into the flow, uh, getting himself into, uh, uh, into the backfield and making the impact that many thought he might when he came out of Mississippi State. Well, if you can get somebody who can actually make an impact right away, it's only going to help the rest of your defense out. It'll help guys like Deron Payne. It will help guys like Jonathan Allen. Matt Adionitis on your inside linebacking core where they're able to roam free a little bit more, be a little bit more disciplined because you've got other guys on the outside who can actually make an impact on a, on a day-in and day-out basis. And that's a guy like Brian Burns. I think he'd be an excellent pick at, four, uh, at 15 if he falls to Washington there. A lot of projections find him in that window, and I think he'd be a great pick if Washington decides to go that route. If they decide to go with Brian Burns on the outside, an outside linebacker, then you look at taking either a quarterback in the second round uh, or or in the the third round, where you can make uh, a selection. Uh, Better based off of that, where you're trying to shore up one side of the football, make sure one side of the football is solid, it is stout. It's almost like going back to the old Ravens way of football. We'll figure the offensive end out. We'll keep the games close on the offensive side, but the defensive side is going to dominate for us, cause turnovers, make make the offense better because they're going to put the offense in better position. It's one of those things where... If Washington looks at and says, well, where are we closest to being an upper echelon playoff caliber team? What area of the football field are we going to be really, really good at? We feel good about our special teams. I think most Redskins fans would say they feel really good about their special teams, whether it's Tressway or Dustin Hopkins. Uh, Nick Sunberg is the long snapper. Redskins fans would say they feel really good about special teams. Defense seems to be one of those positions where it's... On the cusp of being pretty good, there's some really good first-round, top-grade talent there, right? We can all understand that where the Redskins have some talent on that defensive side of the football. Are there positions that could be upgraded? 100%. Is the defensive coordinator the answer currently in the building? That's the, that's another question mark. Is Greg Minuski the right guy to lead the defense? Because there, see, there is talent there. Payne, Allen, Ionitis. Foster is a a good player uh, Landon Collins uh, You've got uh, Josh Norman on one end Quentin Dunbar There's talent there on the defensive end So if you can say An outside linebacker is going to be the piece To make us an upper echelon defensive area And then we can worry about Just doing just enough on offense then, Then that's where you go because you can dominate in two phases of the of the game and put yourselves in position to be a really good playoff team. Again, I go back to the old Ravens. They were an excellent, excellent defense. They were very, very, very good in special teams. Their offense was average, right? We all understand the team that won the Super Bowl was led by that defense that had Ray Lewis and subs and... Um, you know, multiple players on the defense, uh, the nada and just multiple players on the defensive side that, that were dominant in their position, and they dominated as a unit. But if you looked to the other side of the ball, there wasn't a whole lot there that would stand out and say these are terrific offensive players uh, that that can carry a football team. Even if you go further back to their first Super Bowl win against the New York Giants, it was Trent Dilfer running that offense, and no knock on Trent, but he was not. You can't argue to me that he was significantly better than a guy like Case Keenum that's currently already on the Redskins roster. They say, we'll do just enough on offense, but we're going to dominate on defense. And if Washington finds themselves in that position where they can say, we will dominate on defense, you make the selection of Brian Burns if he's available there at 15, you shore up your defense, and you say, offense, just don't lose us football games. We'll do enough here on the defensive side. We might even score more points than you on the defensive side because we're going to be that good and then the pressure then turns to Greg Minuski can he actually mold this defense and put them in positions to succeed if Washington goes in that direction then you can start looking at guys in the second and third round uh, as for quarterbacks again I brought up Will Greer as a possibility I like Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo big strong kid uh, excellent arm small school but a guy that we've seen a lot of film on uh, being up here in central New York uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty good little quarterback. I mean, he's six foot seven. You have no problem looking over the defense with him. Uh, a guy that's actually got better, uh, pretty good feet. He's not not going to sit there and make him out to be like a scrambler. He's actually a very good inside the pocket quarterback. A good pick uh, would be there. You probably get him in the second or third round. And here's a guy that you might want to take a look at late in the draft. He's got a little family connection in Washington. Brett Ripon. Uh, at a a Boise State, had a really good career at Boise State, a guy you can potentially get late in the draft, fourth, fifth round, maybe he turns into a developmental quarterback, and who knows, maybe he develops into something um, that can be a starting quarterback for you in the future. So if Washington decides to say, we're going to address the defense, that's where I would go. I would look at a Brian Burns as the outside linebacker, and then maybe make an adjustment in the rest of my draft plan. Shore up the defense. Lock in the defense. If you can then maybe trade back into the late first round and look at a guy like Greedy Williams at corner, a guy I think might slip, might fall. He's not a guy I think I would take uh, at 15. Uh, The cornerback position seems to be relatively deep. It could be a guy that could fall to you maybe even in the second round if you're able to put that's pushing it a bit I would see if you could trade back into the first round and maybe get him later around like 25 or so maybe if he if he potentially is there again shoring up the defense if you can identify that's the key piece and that's how you think you're that close then you make that move instead of being trying to be average across everywhere be dominant in two positions uh in two phases of the game and then worry about addressing the offensive side Finally, that brings us to one other position Washington can go with, and that's the wide receiver position. We all know the wide – we talked about this several weeks ago. Redskins' wide receiver position is just – it's not up to snuff. It's not up to par, and it only gets worse when you lose certain players like Jamison Crowder in the offseason. I didn't think the Redskins would throw money at them. I said that weeks ago. I did not think they were going to throw money at Jamison Crowder. No offense to him. It just didn't make sense to me. He's been battling injuries the past couple seasons. And he wasn't exactly the play impact player that they were looking for. He's a terrific football player. Don't get me wrong. And I think the loss of him is significant. But if you can add Trey Quinn and slide him in, and I brought this up several weeks ago too, Trey Quinn slides more into that role of what Jameson Crowder already was. Question marks remain about Trey is if he can stay healthy. Didn't last at all last season. We'll see if that ends up changing in this year. He can get a full year, get full, full, uh, uh, you know, offseason with it uh, under his belt get healthy again and then leads us into the 2019 season but if they want to look for impact players at the wide receiver position uh, and this is this is a spot where the Redskins have missed for several years if we think about we can go back in the past other than Jamison Crowder during the draft Washington has missed so often at the wide receiver position whether it's been uh, guys that we're looking at like Rod Gardner who had a good a good run, I, 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 but not great. Michael Westbrook, good run, not great. Uh, you had uh, the guy out of Oklahoma, uh, Malcolm Kelly out of, out of, out of Oklahoma, never, last, never did enough to make an impact in Washington. Uh, you had uh, Devin Thomas out of Michigan State several years ago. Uh, Washington ended up taking Kelly and Devin Thomas in the same draft, missed on both, never had an impact. It seems to be the hardest position for the Redskins to evaluate, and that's just not them. I think a lot of teams have a hard time evaluating wide receiver position, just because there's such a big difference between college football wideouts and, and the NFL, and I think the gap between the two is becoming even bigger, where route running ability and guy, di- you know, finding, um, they, uh, you know, mul- running multiple routes um, against coverages, not necessarily the biggest thing. Um, in college football, where in the NFL, precise route running is so important because of the competition that you're going up against on a week-in, week-out basis. Next Thursday, we're going to try to give an instant reaction podcast to the draft. Uh, That's the go-to plan. We'll have instant analysis after the first round. We'll have instant analysis after the Redskins make their selection. Again, that is the plan. Hopefully, we can unveil that on that Thursday. Otherwise, we'll unveil it early in the morning on that Friday where we'll have an analysis of who the Redskins selected. And potential thought processes as they go into the later portions uh, of the draft, the second and third round, and then obviously fourth through seventh, which are uh, acquire, which would happen over the weekend. So we'll take a look at that. We'll talk about that next week. But until next time, this is John Johnson saying thanks for listening to the Counter Tray. We'll be back. We'll be more than better than ever, and we'll try to do this more often if we can stay out of trouble, and not be so bogged down with work. But as we're heading into the summer, things should be a little bit lighter. Um, until then, Redskins fans, keep your fingers crossed, and as always, hail the Redskins. I'll catch you guys next time.